What's good, folks? Welcome into the very first episode of Keeping Up with the Kingdom. I'm Braden Turner. I'm joined here by my co-host Grant Morse, uh, the Godfather of Arrowhead Live. Sure, sure, you've seen him on Twitter before. Grant, tough loss yesterday. Obviously, um, one of the I feel like it's honestly one of the toughest losses in Chiefs history, just based off how talented our roster is and the expectations we had for this team. But how are you feeling today? Man, I told you earlier uh, in our discussion that, you know, it's it definitely sucks and it's definitely disappointing and heartbreaking, but I, I don't feel that bad just because I know what this team is capable of. And I know that we're not going to have another 50-year wait to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, Mahomes is only 26, and while, you know, that, that loss to the Bengals was pretty devastating and uh, just the way that we lost it, honestly, I would have rather gotten blown out than lose the way that we lost, but with that being said, um, you know, I know we'll be right back in it next year. The AFC is getting a little bit tougher with Allen and Burrow and Herbert and guys like that, you know, taking a step forward. And, you know, those teams are going to improve as well. Um, there's my dog. I apologize for that, guys. Um, but, yeah, so, um, you know, those guys are going to take a step forward. The division's going to get a little bit tougher. But for the most part, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to next season, uh, looking at ways that we can improve this team and, you know, just got to move on from the loss and, and not dwell on it because I know for a fact that the guys in the locker room, the coaching staffs, those guys are already looking, you know, toward the future and, and what they've got to do to improve. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so let's get into the game a little bit and just the day altogether. I mean, the vibes at Arrowhead were immaculate, like – I get there. I went to the game yesterday, obviously. <clears throat> Got there a couple of hours early. Everyone was juiced up. Pretty solid weather. It was like mid-40s. I met my future wife, Kay Adams, out there. So it was like literally perfect start to the day. And then going to Arrowhead. I mean, I don't know. Like, how did you feel going into the game? I know you get pretty confident. Um, just obviously we're super talented and should be everyone. You're a seven-point favorite at home. So because I felt super confident going into the game. So just kind of wanted to hear how you felt altogether going into the game. Yeah, I was super confident and I don't think that that confidence was unwarranted. I mean, we all saw the way that the Chiefs started the football game. And uh, I think that confidence carried over into the first half of the football game. And, you know, we'll get into a little bit later on, you know, what happened after that, but, I absolutely think that that confidence that I had, I mean, I thought, I thought we were going to steamroll the Bengals um, the way that, you know, Joe Burrow was pressured and against the Titans. Um, I didn't think that they were honestly going to stand a chance and they came up, they held up on their offensive line, protected Burrow uh, pretty well. I don't think we even got a sack during the game. We had quite a bit of pressure that we applied in several almost sacks, but we were never really, get home um i was honestly overall impressed with how how adjusted to us especially in the second half but you know coming off that last game where you know we could for 99 percent of it and then it wasn't until the end that you know the Bengals. Were, but um i'm like i said from the beginning here i absolutely think that the confidence that going into that game and i pretty sure a lot of uh, in Chiefs Kingdom had uh, wanted. 
Yeah, so you talked about the offense and how <clears throat> how quickly we started. I kind of just wanted to go over all the first half drives, which, I mean, the offense was rolling. Like, Pat was firing. The run game was unreal. I think we were averaging six or seven yards a carry. McKinnon looked amazing again, which he had a great postseason. I'm sure we'll talk about him on another episode for a free agency standpoint. But so basically every drive in the half they score and until the last drive, which we'll get into. But first drive, they go 11 plays, 84 yards in six minutes and score on the Tyreek touchdown in the back corner, which was a crazy throw by Pat. He threw it like 100 miles an hour. And then next drive, they go seven plays, 75 yards in just over three minutes. Kelsey scored a touchdown. They had the long bomb to McColl on the first drive of the game. And then they go eight plays, 72 yards in less than five minutes. And McColl scored a short touchdown. And I'm at the game just sitting with my cousin. Like, we're just laughing at how easy it was. And the defense was getting stops. It's like, you're just sitting there like this team's going to their third straight Super Bowl. Offense was doing whatever they wanted, just like in Cincy earlier in the year. And then since he scores the screen with 105 left and you're still kind of just sitting there chilling, not worried at all because you've seen the offense all game. There's still a minute left on the clock and Pat throws a bomb, I think, to midfield to Tyreek. And then they get a PI in the end zone where they're at the one yard line with, I believe, I think it was nine seconds. So they basically had two plays left. They had two plays. Um, he throws the first one in the dirt. And then obviously the, play that a lot of Chiefs fans are talking about is the one with five seconds left and not really I don't know I mean someone said that Andy said he called the play so I don't know how much you know about that exact situation um, obviously a veteran quarterback you can't you cannot throw the ball four yards short of the end zone when you have no timeouts left and you gotta <clears throat> I just feel like that's that's stuff like rookie quarterbacks do or inexperienced quarterbacks that haven't played in playoff games do. And as much as we love Mahomes, like he's played in huge games. He's been in the playoffs every year. He's played in four AFC title games. And it's like, that's just felt like in something an inexperienced QB would do showing it, throwing it short of the end zone. And obviously Tyree gets tackled short of the end zone, but I guess just like take me through that play there and what you thought and kind of what Andy I guess the speculation of saying Andy called that play and kind of took the blame off Mahomes. Yeah, so I don't think that the design was to throw the ball behind Tyreek um, on that screen. And I'm not even sure that the play was designed to go to Tyreek to begin with. Um, I mean, that's not really something we're able to decide. It definitely wasn't Mahomes' first look. I mean, he could have just been looking defenders off and you know trying to draw, draw the cornerback over. But um, – I mean, he threw the ball behind Tyreek and, you know, he had two defenders right in front of him. He wasn't going to get into the end zone unless he made a guy miss. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to do that. Um, with that being said, I heard a couple of things on the radio today. I'm not sure of the accuracy of it. Um, and it's not Kansas City Sports Radio. It's National Sports Radio. So, you know, it's not – I know people have their feelings about, you know, Kansas City Sports Talk. Um, but this was on a national – national radio station um and one of the things they said was that they were actually trying to send out the field goal unit i'd have to go back and look at the game but um i guess it was mahomes and just like he does with really any you know fourth down um you know unless it's on over 10 yards or something like that he's always trying to go out there and go for it 
and he's tell, waving Andy off, trying to get him to call an offensive play uh, instead of sending out the field goal unit or the punt unit or whatever. But so I'm not sure about the truth to that. Uh, the other thing I heard is that Mahomes basically, whenever he waved them off, waved off the kicking team um, and had, you know, told Andy Reid to let him go for it with the, with the five seconds left that he came out really rattled because he failed on that play in the second half, which, and I could understand there being some truth to that with the way um, it would make some sense. But like I said, it's honestly probably speculation uh, at best. Uh, those are just a couple of things I heard, and, you know, could be somewhat of an explanation as to what Mahomes was thinking in the second half and, you know, why he was playing the way he was playing. Mm-hmm. But it definitely seemed like after that play, that he was trying to play hero ball all game long um, instead of just playing football and, you know, being the chiefs that we know they could be. Yeah. Um, so obviously they don't get points there at all, which hurts and like kind of re- reminded me of the week before um, when Bucker missed the field goal to end the half. It just going, cause both are going into halftime and you just have a bad feeling in your stomach, which the Bucker missed field goal almost didn't cost us, but I guess just wanted to ask you basically how you felt going into halftime because me personally, I mean, I was still, I was a little worried, but after watching what our offense did that whole, whole half, I really wasn't because even that drive there where we didn't score, they go what 80 yards basically to get to the one yard line and you don't end up scoring, but your offense has still been unbelievable. Like at one point in the first half, I was like, dude, what are Pat's numbers? And I got online and he was like, 16 for 17, 200 yards, three touchdowns. And he was moving the chains uh, with his feet, like always in the playoffs. And so I still felt great about the offense, but how did you, how did you feel um, going into halftime after the bank has got to stop there? Yeah. I mean, we got the ball coming out of the half and, you know, I was sitting there in my head. I was like, it's, it's all good. You know, we're probably going to come out at, at halftime and, you know, get seven or at least get three out of this with the way that we had been moving the ball. Um, so that's, I mean, that's how I was feeling. I was still confident, but, you know, as a, as a jaded Chiefs fan, uh, deep down, I knew that it could come back to bite us. And I think I actually tweeted that uh, go at halftime. I think I tweeted something from the Arrowhead Live account, basically saying that that might come back to bite us or that could come back to haunt us. I can't remember what I said exactly, but you know, I, I, I felt it deep down. Um, I just didn't really want to believe it, and it probably shouldn't have been the case, honestly. I mean, the way we collapsed in our defense, while, I mean, they did allow 21 points or 20, yeah, 21 points in the second half. Um, you know, it's one that we still should have won. Mm-hmm. Offense had, you know, needed to put more than three points on the board in, in the second half, and that just didn't happen, um, which we'll get into here in just a second. But going into the second half, man, like I said, I was I was pretty still pretty confident. But uh, as a Chiefs fan, you know, there's always that pit in your stomach where you know that it's a possibility. Yeah, and I absolutely agree. Just about Chiefs' past history, about just getting that feeling in your stomach. But I think the counterpoint to that is you really haven't seen that whatsoever from. Patrick Mahomes uh, in the Patrick Mahomes era like maybe I guess you haven't really seen meltdowns you haven't seen big blown leads especially in the playoffs like they come back from big leads but you're never really you're not worried about 
holding a lead, I guess, especially at Arrowhead with how just dynamic this offense is. Obviously, you got the best tight end maybe ever to do it. One of the best receivers in the league. Great play call. So it's like I was nervous in past history, but you haven't seen it with Mahomes. So I don't know if I'm wrong there, but it's like I've never – I mean, we've never experienced that in the Mahomes era. Like they don't blow leads. I don't know. It was just super – out of character for him to be that flat coming coming out of halftime. So I don't know. It was so weird how flat the offense came out. And like you said earlier, it did kind of feel that um, all the momentum was kind of taken away after the after they got the stop at the one yard line. So yeah, the offense comes out. They had, I believe they had two first downs total until that final driver regulation. Like Legereus Sneed gets the pick at the 45-yard line, and you're kind of starting to think, okay, well, we'll go get points here. You need a first down or two. So it's like in times past, obviously, this offense is going to go get points there. But it was like first drive was five plays, 16 yards. Second drive was five plays, 17 yards when Mahomes threw the pick on the second play to the D lineman. And then they go three plays, negative two yards, three plays, negative four yards. And it's like, since he's offense really wasn't doing anything also is the thing that hurts the most. Like, even when they came up, even when we came out of halftime three and out, since he gets the ball right back, our, our uh, defense gets a stop and then Mahomes throws a pick and they start inside the 30. So I don't know how you feel, felt about since he's offense as a whole and our defense, but it felt like our defense was getting a ton of stops, held them to field goals a lot, and they forced – a turnover two on Burrow. So I've seen a lot of people on Twitter just say that the defense was a huge issue. And I just feel like this it, defense is kind of a scapegoat sometimes with our fan base because they hate blaming Mahomes, which makes sense because he's been amazing. But I don't know how you feel about our defense's performance yesterday. And then I guess people like wanting Spags to be fired, which seems crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I think our defense could have played better. Um, they really struggled to get pressure on Burrow. Well, not – I mean, I don't want to say they struggled to get pressure. They they got pressure on him. Um, but the problem is is that when they did get pressure, they weren't able to sack him. And I think three times it resulted in a first down um, by him running or throwing for it. And, you know, that's just one of those unfortunate things where you just can't bring guys down. It, it's happened before. And, you know, it's going to happen again. Um but with that being said, you know, our our defensive backs gave up a ton of huge um, first downs, you know, ones that probably shouldn't have been first downs and plays where we just kind of left them wide open. There was the Samaj P. Ryan uh, touchdown where he scored on the screen play, which I don't know what happened there. We just decided not to tackle, I guess. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of things on defense. I, I think that, you know, in hindsight, whenever you look at the score, you're probably not going to think that they performed that poorly. Um, but whenever you watch the game and especially on an individual, you know, player to player basis, I think they definitely could have played better. I mean, Chris Jones, you know, he's our best pass rusher. He's got to get to the quarterback. Uh, I think he had two missed sacks. Uh, Melvin Ingram. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and bash this guy. I think, you know, he was a huge midseason addition, but he had a couple plays where he probably could have gotten home and, you know, he wasn't able to bring Burrow down. You know, those are plays that, you know, we need, um, especially to stall drives and things like that. And, 
for the Bengals not to put points on the board. Um, that that Samaj IP Ryan touchdown though was pretty was pretty crushing. I think the guys, you know, they were obviously gassed. Um, I think they gave it everything they had in the first half, and you know they probably came out in the second half with the, I think the mentality that we all had. Um, well, you know, Mahomes is going to go put points on the board at some point, uh, and it just never happened. So it looks like those guys were kind of, you know, taking plays off here and there. Um, and unfortunately, that's something that we're probably always going to have to deal with as Chiefs fans as long as Mahomes is our quarterback, because that's just kind of the mentality that, you know, our fan base and our defender or defensive players, you know, have in their head that whenever we get in trouble, uh, Mahomes is going to fix it, you know, and there's been games in the past. I don't want to sit here. I mean, Mahomes is, we've blown leads before. I mean, we've never, we've never done anything like this. We've never shut down for mm-hmm. such a long stretch. Whenever we've had a lead, we've never shut down for such a long stretch and not put any points on the board. I mean, that was pretty unprecedented for Mahomes, especially on such a huge stage, but we've blown leads before. Um, I mean, we blew a lead to the Bengals in week 17. We blew a lead to the, the Ravens early in the season. Uh, so it's happened, uh, unfortunately, and, you know, it's going to continue to happen. There's going to be games next year and the year after that where we blow leads, and that's just part of football. Every team has them, and fortunately, we have them a lot less than a lot of teams, so that's that's a good thing. But um, our defense overall, I think <clears throat> – I, I, I don't know where I'm at with Spags right now. Um, I was not a fan of the hire to begin with. Um, you know, he's had his ups and downs. We'll have games where we come out and absolutely dominate on defense. And we have games where guys come out and they don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. Uh, and, you know, they don't – you have Anthony Hitchens in the wrong spot. and We'll get into Anthony Hitchens a little bit later. But, um, I mean, how convenient that he comes out and has the best game of his career, you know, in a Kansas City Chiefs uniform um, and probably what is – set to be his final game in a Chiefs uniform. So, so that's pretty unfortunate, uh, at least according to PFF, which, you know, say what you want about PFF grades, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but relative to the rest of his grades in a Chiefs uniform, it wasn't even close. This was by far and away his best game, according to PFF. So believe what you want there. Um, I think we can definitely upgrade over Spagnolo. I have zero expectations that we're going to fire him absolutely no expectation that we're going to fire him i think he'll be back um i'm not saying that's the right or the wrong decision it were up to me i think that you know we i like you know martindale who just left the ravens or you know fangio or somebody like that somebody with you know they can bring a little bit of an edge because i don't think you know spagnolo is very average in terms of you know his career success he goes out and he has a 14th ranked defense one year and then he'll come out with the 27th ranked defense the next year and you know it's up and down for him it's always been like that for for Spagnolo. and you know he's ridden the coattails of you know beating Brady twice or breeding Brady once uh went and took the Rams head coaching job got fired and ended up back in and with the Giants and then came to Kansas City so you know, Spags has had his ups and downs, and it's definitely a guy that I'm not, I'm not attached to. I would have no problem if they fired him, and you know, I wouldn't be super stoked if they brought him back. But my expectation is that's what's going to happen. 
Yeah, I mean, it feels like a tough situation, too, because as bad as the defense was earlier in the year, they <clears throat> obviously turned it around. I think Melvin Ingram was a huge part of that. Um, and, yeah, you talked about getting to the quarterback. T Tennessee had nine sacks against Cincy last week, and I thought that was going to be one of the biggest parts of the game yesterday. And they did get to him sometimes, but the Chris sack was massive, third and long, and felt like Ben Neiman could have came up and hit Joe Burrow, but it – I mean, Chris is making so much damn money. It's like you got to wrap him up there and make plays like that in that big of a situation. And obviously, calls himself Sack Nation. And you've seen the tweets all the last two days about how he has zero stacks in the postseason. So, obviously, super unfortunate. We love Chris. I mean, when he really wants to play, he's unbelievable. So, yeah, with the defense, I mean, there's they're gonna have to make a ton of moves this off season too. Like Frank's probably gonna be gone. Who knows with Honey Badger, Hitchens, things like that. So. Pretty big offseason um, for Veach, but uh, kind of just wanted to talk about <clears throat> next, just the run game altogether. I thought the offensive line was terrific in the first half. Um, Jet McKinnon was unbelievable again. Said that earlier, but I think at one point it was like seven a carry towards the end of the first half. And then second half, it, I don't, I'm not trying to say they abandoned it completely, but it just felt like they could have obviously use the O-line a little more. I mean, they spent a ton of capital and money on that this offseason and nine carries and a half when you're up basically the entire half until late. And I saw a tweet earlier where they had nine carries in the second half for 58 yards. So they're still averaging six a pop there. Those carries went for six yards, four yards, nine, four, seven, four, one, nine, and 14. So it's like still running the ball effectively and you're winning at home. I know Mahomes is the best QB in the league. We love him, but it felt like they could have stuck with the ground game a little more. I mean, it kind of – the game just reminded me of the Titans game where it's 21-3 and at home, at halftime, we didn't score in the second half and Kareem Hunt wasn't getting carries. And so what did you think about the ground game altogether? Um, and did you feel like we kind of abandoned it a little more than we should have? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know how you can come out here and say that they shouldn't have run the ball more in the second half, like you said. Um, I think the shortest carry in the second half was one yard, um, and then they had nothing less than four yards, you know, beyond that. Um, I think how many runs did they have over, you know, five-plus yards? I think it was six out of the nine. Um, so I don't know how you can, you know, sit here and say that they shouldn't have run the football more. Uh, at the same time, you know, it's, it's tough to take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. And, um, you know, if we had sat there and ran the ball and just continued to run the ball all half and never scored, um, which, I mean, I can't sit here and say that that's the way that it would have gone. But we've had games for sure, especially in the Alex Smith era, where we ran the ball way too much and we couldn't put points on the board and, you know, lost a football game that way. It's happened plenty of times. We've all seen it. Um, and, you know, it's unfortunate that the run game was doing really well. I think Clyde averaged like eight yards per carry on like six or seven carries, something like that. So not much, but, you know, he was running like crazy. Um, McColl had a few really nice runs and, you know, obviously McKinnon was doing his thing. Um, another thing that I kind of found interesting is that we didn't get McKinnon super involved in the passing game either, which I felt like was something that we really flourished in 
um, you know, earlier in the postseason, you know, McKinnon did really, really well in the passing game. And, you know, we used him a little bit, but I felt like with the troubles that we were having throwing the ball down the field because, you know, the Bengals were basically dropping eight guys into coverage for half the half the second half. Um, I felt like we could have gotten the screen game going a little bit more um, with McKinnon, and, you know, we just didn't really do that. And, I mean, I don't know what Mahomes' deal is with Clyde. I've probably seen him overthrow Clyde ten times over the last year, two years. Um, it's, I mean, I know he's five, seven, but good Lord. I mean, he can't, he can't even, he's not even close whenever he's throwing screens to Clyde yeah. for the most part. Um, you know, it's not the first time it's happened this season. And, you know, I can probably can't count on two hands, um, how many times and since they drafted Clyde, I'm just not sure what, what the disconnect is there because I mean, it's not like Clyde is, you know, running his routes too flat. It's, I mean, Mahomes is just straight up overthrowing him. It's just going out of bounds. Um, it's it, like I said, it's not close. So, I think that's definitely something that they're going to need to work on in off season. Um, I'm not sure if McKinnon will be back. You know, get into that a little bit more uh, in the following episodes when I discuss the off season. But you know, he was great to watch, especially down the stretch. He's going to be 30, and he's got some injury issues that he's dealt with his whole career. So maybe on a one-year deal, something like that um, would be possible to bring McKinnon back. Um, but, you know, overall, I think that the run game did really well, um, but it's obviously an area that we definitely need to improve moving forward. Yeah. And I think the Clyde thing's weird too, because I felt like most of our fans and the organization were most excited about Clyde just because of his pass catching ability. He caught a ton of balls at LSU that year. They won the title and, I agree with the over uh, with Pat overthrowing Clyde. There was a drive yesterday in the second half where Clyde was out there for the uh, for the whole series. He got the carry on first down for four yards, and then they tried to dump it to Clyde in the flat and threw it ahead of him or threw it over his head. I don't even. I didn't get a great view of it, but yeah, the thing with Clyde's weird, and um, yeah, I just thought Jet McKinnon should have <clears throat> definitely gotten more touches and. Because, like, even going back to last week in that Bills game in OT, that screen to McKinnon was beautiful and was one of the biggest plays of that OT drive that uh, eventually led us to winning that game. And so, yeah, I kind of – I know Jet was in there on that last drive of regulation, so I wanted to talk about the final drive in regulation, which there's been obviously a lot of arguments about play calling in that drive and – so leading up to that drive, obviously we had two first downs the entire first half going into it. And you're down three, just held the Bengals to three and still not really feeling nervous because you've been in that situation so many times. You were there the week before with 13 seconds. So didn't even feel like there was nervous energy inside of Arrowhead, but Mahomes gets the ball, finds Kelsey over the middle. They're moving the ball. Get, kind of gets to a point where Cincy almost has to start burning. They do have to start burning timeouts to get the ball, to have a chance to get the ball back. Um, and then they get it to a third and short, go with the underhand pass or whatever the shit they always do. Kelsey, pick up the first down, um, run it with Jed on first. And then, so I believe it was second and goal from the three. And then going forward from there, I know that's when a lot of arguments from Chiefs Kingdom have been coming in um, on what they should have done next. I don't know how you feel about the play calls on second 
second and goal from the three, because like you just said earlier, it's so tough to take it out of Mahomes' hands. But a lot of people think we should have ran it just because it would have taken 40 more seconds off the clock. And there, I think eight of our nine runs in the second half were went for more than four yards. So it's like maybe you kill clock there. Maybe you get in the end zone. And since he wouldn't have had any timeouts left. So I kind of wanted to hear like your thoughts on the play calling there on uh, second and third and goal. Yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised um, the way that they, you know, operated from that point on. Um, I think that, you know, something like a shovel pass, you know, would have worked really well in that situation. You know, that's something that we've done with a lot of success uh, over the past few years is the shovel pass to Kelsey. Um, and I think that that could have definitely been utilized there. I think that even bringing in, you know, Blake Bell for a quarterback sneak. Um, I mean, that's something that we done on, you know, third down, or if they decide if it was fourth down and they decided to go for it, um, you know, that's, that would have been an option. I, I just didn't, I just didn't quite understand. I mean, like you said, you know, we averaged seven or six or seven yards of carry throughout the entire game. And, you know, we go down there and we, you know, we have to throw it. Uh, it just didn't make a ton of sense. I think that, you know, Mahomes was rolling and he was so hot, you know, you know, throughout the game that, you know, I guess they wanted to get that fourth touchdown on the board. I, I honestly have no idea. Um, you know, Mahomes was trying to play hero. Mm -hmm. You know, he was running backwards, um, you know, basically looking off guys that were wide out. I, I don't know what he was trying to do, honestly. I, I truly have no idea. I can't, you know, sit here and act like I know, you know, we don't, we don't actually know the play call and, you know, we don't know what Mahomes was seeing. Um, but, you know, it looked like there was a couple guys that were clearly open, you know, and Mahomes had his eyes downfield. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, man. Uh, that's kind of the thing that sucks, you know, watching it from our perspective is that, you know, we're never actually going to know what the play calls were, um, you know, whether they were RPOs or whatever. Um, it's really hard to determine when you're watching it on the TV. But, you know, it, it sucks. Um, it, it really does. And, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to put into words, honestly, how frustrating it was. Um, I think that was, was that the last drive of regulation is that when Mahomes, uh, he, I know he got sacked and we, he, we went back to like the 30 or something like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was, First and goal from the five and then second and goal from the three, and they end up back yeah. at, I think, the 27 because it was like a 45-yard attempt from Bucker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't – I don't know, man. I mean, he ran around, you know, ran backwards, and, you know, knowing Mahomes were like, oh, you know, he's going he's gonna to make this play. He's going to escape the sack and, and make a play here, and he wasn't able to do it. Um, and, you know, those those things are going to happen. I think it's definitely a learning experience for him. Um, but like I said, I would have liked to see a shovel pass there. You know, maybe at least one rush attempt from the three-yard line, you know, and they've got to, you know, make a couple passes to make it happen. Um, but, you know, I, and I think, honestly, I think that there's a chance that they would have gone for it, you know, had we been on the one-yard line on fourth down. Um, but, you know, with Mahomes taking that sack we didn't really have a choice but to kick it so yeah <clears throat> I know yeah, it's, a, it's a tough situation yeah for sure and it, it just it felt like Mahomes like halfway through the year when he was kind of 
it was that little uh, game stretch of games where he just looked super uncomfortable with the two deep situations. And it's like the Giants game on Monday night when we barely escaped and he was uh, trying to scramble away from clean pockets and there was wide open dudes and he was just evading the pocket, trying to run, make way too much happen. And obviously hindsight, we should have ran there on second and three because obviously Mahomes got sacked twice, but it just felt like that second and goal at the three when since he has no timeouts and you can burn 40 seconds there, I feel like worst case player, you're gaining positive yards. Like the way the O-line was playing, the way Jets been playing, like you run it there second and goal. I feel like worst case you're facing third and goal from say the one, one or two yard line. And then maybe you can run it again or maybe you go for it on fourth. Um, but yeah, for Mahomes to take two sacks there and shit, he nearly lost the game on third and goal. He fumbled and luckily Tooney recovered it, but just felt like right. an out of character for him. Like, and it just felt like a drive we would end up scoring. Like you're at Arrowhead to go to the Super Bowl. You got first and goal at the five. You're just feeling great. And since he had no timeout, but it's like you get in the end zone there, even on the second and goal play, I think there would have been less than a minute left and they would have been down four. So they still would have had to go get six and to beat us at Arrowhead and the place would have been going nuts and basically would have needed like a sack or so to secure it. Like you get a sack on Burrow at home and the clock's just ticking with no timeouts. So sucks. Butker makes the field goal, obviously, which they had me nervous, went from the three yard line to the freaking 27, but you go to OT and Hitchens goes out there again. We somehow win the toss and just felt like the biggest sigh of relief from Arrowhead. Like, we win the toss. I'm just – I'm in the upper deck with the psychos up there and just looking around, like, everyone just hands in the air so loud because it just – it felt like a replay of the Bills game almost. Like, Bucker makes the field goal in both games. We win the toss somehow both times. And obviously after the drive last week against Buffalo and OT, it was just the smoothest drive ever. Like, we had one third down conversion, I think, to Kelsey. But after that – McKinnon caught the screen, busted one, busted a long screen there, and then obviously McColl and then Kelsey ended it. So it's like you and the toss going to OT with Mahomes just feel so confident, like you're going to do it back-to-back weeks and go to the Super Bowl, and it would have been another legendary moment for Pat. But just the weirdest, most annoying, like doesn't even like piss me off, just annoying is the word, that drive and OT. You got – First down to DeMarcus on an out route, which was like 10 feet over his head. And then you throw a slant to DeMarcus, which was like five yards behind him. So first and second down, you throw it to DeMarcus. And then third and long, you're still confident because it's Patrick Mahomes and he moves the chains on third down all the time. But takes a shot to Tyreek and maybe could have been caught. Probably not. It was a good play by the defender. But that pick, I mean, I feel like a lot of people aren't talking about it because – that was massive. I mean, not not only because, I mean, we could have punted and pinned them back. Like, it gave them excellent field position. And all you need is a field goal at that point to win it. So, basically, since he just needed a couple first downs to ice it, especially with how good their kicker is. So, I feel like that pick's not really being talked about enough. I know he's trying to make shit happen, uh, complete a deep pass, but incomplete pass there. And you maybe, I mean – who knows? You maybe pin them inside the 20 and then you, your defense who hasn't been terrible all day gets a stop. Um, and then all we need is a field goal to win it. So 
I guess, what were your thoughts on the play calling in overtime? Yeah, it was strange. Um, I mean, it was strange that Demarcus Robinson was even in the game, honestly. Um, I mean, we saw so much of Pringle, um, you know, basically all season long. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, honestly, hasn't played that much. And when he has, he doesn't get many targets. Uh, but Demarcus is in there for the biggest drive of the season. Um, they throw it to him twice. You know, one of the passes, the, the slant to Demarcus where it went behind his back, um, it was almost intercepted. Game was almost over right there. Probably would have went ran it in for six anyway. Um, but even on the third down play where Mahomes just basically chunked it up to Tyreek and coverage. Um, I, I can't remember if it was Eli Apple or who who this player was that was in coverage, but um, you know he got a hand in there, knocked it away from Tyreek, which I'm not going to sit here and say that Tyreek should have caught that. I mean, I don't even think he really got his hands on the ball. Um, I think it was batted down uh, from based on the replay, but, you know, it, it doesn't even make sense, you know, to throw that there. I mean, throw something short to, to Kelsey, you know, even if it's short of the sticks, you pick up eight yards, move down the field a little bit more and punt it or hell, you know, you know, if you've got nuts, go for it and just try to seal the game. You know what I'm saying? Um, you've got, you know, maybe a yard, two yards to go. If you can pick up a nice chunk um, and then, and then go for it. But, I don't know. They he just basically threw it up blindly to Tyreek, and honestly, the pass was perfect. I mean, it was going straight into Tyreek's hands, but the defender got his hand in there and knocked it down, and you know that's or knocked it down into his opponent's hands, but uh, for an interception. Um, I mean, what do you have to say? I mean, honestly, the I, I like like I've said from the beginning here is you know we don't know what the play calling is, but just the fact of having Demarcus Robinson out there for the biggest drive of the year just didn't quite make sense for me. And then targeting him twice just made even less sense. Um, so that was super, that was super frustrating. And I, after the first time they threw it to him, I was like, why did they throw it to him? And then the second time, which wasn't even the second time, wasn't even his fault, honestly, unless he ran the wrong route and we're just not aware of it. Um, Cause it was, you know, two steps behind him and it hit, hit the cornerback in the chest and fell to the ground. But I mean, that's like you said, man, it's just overall the word for it is just annoying. Um, I'm disappointed and I'm frustrated, but overall I'm just annoyed at the way that they played in the second half and over time. Yeah. It's like you're an arrowhead loudest stadium in the world with the chance to go to the Super Bowl and you're up 21 to three. And I don't know if it was the drive before half or what it was. I mean, you said earlier, and a lot of people have said like that got to Pat's head, which I mean, it really makes sense because he was, I mean, I've, I don't know if I'm wrong here, but I don't think I've seen him play worse than the second half there. And play calling OT is just infuriating. Like Marcus Robinson doesn't have a catch the entire postseason. He has like two, three, four targets the entire postseason. And, you go to OT and it just feels like Pat was like rattled because it's like he takes the first snap just immediately out route to D Rob, not even close to him. And then the slant should have been, I mean, that should have been ball game since he like that could have been a pick six. And then for them to not even debate running the ball there at all, like even on second and 10 run it, make it a short third down, third and four, third and five. But with the way, I mean, we've said, I've said it a hundred times this episode, but 
with how our offensive line blocked and how amazing they were all game and the run game was I mean if you're getting six seven a pop that's seems pretty good to me so it's like for them to not run it at all and even for them to not have just set plays ready to go there in OT like it just felt like it was so smooth the week before an OT against Buffalo. You got one drive to go win it. And those are the play calls from Andy and e- or whoever calls plays. They don't want to tell us who calls plays. So it's like, how are those the play calls there? It just, it's, I don't know, dude. That drive is just terrible. Like, oh my Lord. Yeah. And speaking on the play calling, um, as far as I know, based on, on what I've heard, um, is that it's kind of a collaborative effort. They don't have a lot of time. Um, a lot of the times Eric B and Emil will, you know, call the plays. You've seen him on the mic talking during the play call. Um, and, you know, some say that, you know, he's just really relaying the play to Mahomes from Reed, which wouldn't really make sense because they all use the same headset. So why does it need to be said twice? Regardless, I don't, I don't think that's what it is. I think that it's kind of a collaborative effort. You know, if Andy Reid feels the need to, you know, take over the play calling, he'll do that. Um, and I have no idea who was calling plays in that that particular situation. I would assume that it was Andy. Um, but with that being said, it, uh, the play calling, you know, was baffling. Um, abandoning the run was was strange. I mean, they were dropping eight into coverage, and you know, you could have just run the ball. Um, on first down, even, you know, pick up four or five yards, you know, get a nice chunk and then just keep the ball moving. But, and hell, they, they could have been, I, I like I said, I, I'd have to go back and look, um, but they could have been running RPOs and Mahomes is just pulling the ball, trying to make a play. Uh, I've heard that as well from several people on social media is that, you know, they were running a bunch of RPOs and Mahomes just wasn't handing the ball off. So, I mean, that's another thing. And it seemed like when he had the opportunity to run, um, you know, when the pocket collapses and he has the opportunity to run, he just – he didn't run. He just went backwards, you know, trying to make play downfield. And I, I don't know if coming off, you know, that Buffalo game with the way that they won it and, you know, he played hero ball and, you know, it worked out. It's possible that he came off that game and he's like, you know, I can, I can do this again. Um, you know, I just did it last week. I can come out here and I can do this again. And it felt like he was he was pressing a little bit too much because of that. Um, I think that had a lot to do with it, along with, you know, kind of making the call in the, at the end of the first half to go for it and sort of kick the field goal. Um, I think all of the a combination of those things just got into his head. All we can do is, is hope that he learned from that experience and, you know, that he's, he's going to do what needs to be done um, and not – have to always be the guy you know what I'm saying yeah yeah and I mean he's a generational quarterback so I mean that's one of the bigger reasons I'm insanely I guess just annoyed today like it just feels like we had a freaking golden opportunity to win a title this year I'm not saying they would have dog walked the Rams but it just felt like a after you beat the Bills I mean that's one of the biggest wins in franchise history it felt like like the just from all the obstacles, 13 seconds, you win that game, it feels like, dude, this team's going to win it all now. You got your quarterback coming to Arrowhead in a crazy environment with a chance to go to your third straight Super Bowl, and you come out just firing on all cylinders, three straight 
possessions with a touchdown and then you get to the one yard line and just feels like that damn possession in the first half is the difference. Like not even, not even asking for six there, but you get three there. It feels like they win and they Bengals get a stop and kind of, I was looking at the Bengals sideline after and it just, they were all juiced. Like that's just a ton of momentum swinging in their direction. I know we got the ball coming out, but you're up 21 three as a seven point favorite. Like the live line was like chiefs 20 and a half. And you're up 21 three. You're at home. You've won two straight title AFC title games in that same stadium and just sitting there like basically just thinking we're going to win it all and thinking about the second game, the nightcap game, Rams, Niners, like who we're going to play. And just because we looked amazing, the defense was bending but not breaking until that screen to Samaji and just everything was going our way. And Mahomes looked as good as I've ever seen him. And he's been obviously amazing his whole career. So that's saying something. Rustable a 21-3 lead. Like, that's the shit we did with freaking Alex Smith. And we love Alex. He changed a lot around here. Obviously, he helped Mahomes um, develop and turned this into a winning culture. But those are the games we lost with him. Like, getting conservative and checking it down, 21-3 lead, 30-10 lead, whatever. Like, those aren't the games we lose in the playoffs with Patrick Mahomes. So, it's like, God, just so – annoyed today like like I said I didn't even wake up pissed off I just woke up like sick like just there's no reason you lose that game at home yeah yeah and and I I mean I said it I said last week before they played the Bills I said there's no reason that they shouldn't be in the Super Bowl this year um and I still believe that to be true there's no reason they shouldn't have made it to the Super Bowl you know they shot themselves in the foot um and they killed themselves that entire game um and that's that's not a reason to lose that football game it's just not um you know i didn't say that there's not a way there's not a way that they can't lose or that they there's not a way that they won't be in the super bowl just saying that there was no reason that they shouldn't be at the super bowl and uh like i said i still believe that to be true um you know it's just there's a there was a lot of firsts this year um you know first time uh, I think, obviously, first time Mahomes lost to Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, a lot of firsts. Uh, Mahomes' first interception, I think, was thrown in September or whatever, you know, during his career. There was a lot of firsts. First time he blew a lead like this, you know, all those things are going to happen. So it would be nice if we got it all out of our system this year and that these guys can come back out and, and learn from the mistakes that they made. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of roster turnover. Uh, it'll be important to get the right type of guys in here, the right type of energy. Um, and it'll be important for Spagnolo to kind of set a precedent. I think if you bring guys like Sorensen and Neiman back, you're, you're basically just promoting mediocrity. Um, and that'll leave a bad taste in a lot of guys' mouths, especially if they let Tyron Matthew walk and, you know, bring back Sorensen or bring back Neiman. I, you just can't – you can't do that. You know, um, so I think it's definitely important. I think this is going to be a pivotal offseason. Um, we're going to have to bring in, like I said, the right guys. Um, a lot of energy is going to have to change on the defensive side of the football. I think we kind of discussed it earlier, but at times effort on the defensive side just looks not there. Um, and Spagnolo, um, his, he has some questionable defensive play calls at, 
at times, like the all out blitz. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to get into that, but um, that was, yeah, it's just things like that, man. Uh, just really, like you said, it annoys you and more than it just piss more than it pisses you off, you know? Yeah. And speaking of off seasons, like that's what is even more frustrating to me is Veach. I mean, Veach killed it in the off season, in my opinion, like obviously the offensive line was terrible against the Bucks. Everyone knows that. And he went and just murdered it in the draft. Obviously he traded for Orlando Brown, Tom Tooney. And so to come to have that good of an off season, like you, you draft Nick Bolton too and Creed and to have that good of an off season. And after making the Super Bowl last year, it's like, to come up short, I know it's the AFC Championship. Like, there's only four teams left. Obviously, it's a tough game to win, but to come up short is just frustrating after the offseason he had. But um, going into this offseason, obviously, we're going to have – it seems like we're going to have a ton of money. I mean, you can do things with Pat's contract. You can restructure some guys. You can cut some guys to save money. So, I feel like we should have a ton – we should have a good amount of money to work with. Salary caps going up in the NFL – and then I think we have eight picks or so. We have a couple third-rounders, and then BNME probably won't get hired again, but obviously we'd get a pick for him too. So we could be – we could have a lot of money in free agency, and we could have a good amount of picks. So that's obviously exciting to look forward to. Yeah, and I kind of – I meant to mention this earlier, but, um, you know, back in week five, week six, week seven, if I had told you that – we were going to make it to the AFC championship game. I would probably say 80 to 90% of our followers would have told me I'm a dumbass. Um, I mean, there at, at that point in the season, I think a lot of people had checked out and of course they hopped back on the bandwagon once we started winning games again. And then, you know, whenever we lost the, <laughs> whenever we lost the one seed by losing to the Bengals the first time around, you know, people were sitting there saying that this wasn't a Super Bowl team again. Um, the way that our fans react to things is pretty ridiculous. I think every fan base goes through that, though. Um, but with that being said, you know, yes, moving into the offseason, we should have quite a bit of money. Um, if EB does get hired, um, his pick, the pick that we get for him wouldn't actually be until 2024. Uh, that's even if we get the pick at all, because the way they have the rules set up is the both the GM and the head that was hired um, have to remain with the teams that they're with for both years, for, for two years before you can before you're awarded that draft pick um, in the third the third draft pick that you would be getting for, say, Eric B. Enemy in this circumstance. But um so that's that's kind of how that works. But either way, I mean, it'll be really nice having a first round pick, assuming we don't trade it, um, and then a second round pick and two third round picks. That's that's going to be a big a big uh, this will be a big draft for Veach and the rest of the team. I think it's going to be important to get younger at some of the premium positions. Last year we went with positions that weren't considered premium positions, like center and and you know middle linebacker. Uh, in the second round, and then obviously we made a first round pick for Orlando Brown. So, you know that's that's obviously a premium position. But you know he, he 
killed it last year. Um, I think he's going to kill it this year. It'd be nice to, you know, go grab a wide receiver maybe depending on what we do in free agency and then probably grab, you know, a defensive end pass rusher and a, you know, cornerback or a safety um, would basically be how I would approach the draft at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And shit, talking about the draft free agency makes me want to get into certain guys that I want and stuff, but I feel like this has been pretty, pretty long episode. Um, and I feel like me and you will, have some really good draft content and free agency content, which I think a lot of our fans will be interested. Like getting over this loss is going to take a minute. Like, especially for me, like I just don't take losses like that. Well, just felt like we were going to win a championship and almost feels like a wasted year as spoiled as that sounds, but free agency, I think you tweeted about it earlier. Like it's only certain amount, handful of weeks away. So it'll be here. Six weeks. Yeah. Six weeks away. So, Obviously, Chiefs Twitter will be crazy during free agency. Like, probably the first hour of free agency will be crying that Veach hasn't signed Devontae Adams and uh, Chris Godwin and shit like that because Chiefs fans yeah. will react. So, but yeah, free agency oh, yeah. is super fun and they're going to have some money to work with, it sounds like. So, I'm obviously super excited. Don't even want to think about the offseason right now because it feels like we should be playing in two weeks and. I'm really fucking sad that we're not because I'm going to miss that two-week buildup of getting no sleep every night just thinking about uh, Super Bowl Sunday. So, Hey, at least Frank Clark's playing in the Pro Bowl, though. Yeah, yeah, and that contract was worth every penny. Um, He led the league in sacks every year he was here, I think. He played in every game, so. Um, (laughs) He was here when he won the Super Bowl. I don't know. I feel like – we could have like a little positive segment about how good we've been the last few years and the future of the chiefs. So I don't know what you think about that. I mean, it's kind of been a long episode. So if you have anything else you want to say just about the season as a whole and the future, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I'll just kind of finish it up here um, and kind of give my take on the, on the entire season summed up in, you know, one quick go, but um, you know, we started out the season you know, with super high expectations, beat the Browns and, you know, in a tough game. And at the time we thought the Browns were going to be one of the better teams in the and it didn't turn out that way. Um, as the season went on a little bit there, you know, I think a lot of our fan base lost hope and, you know, we had our ups and downs and, you know, at the end of the regular season, you know, we really picked it up, you know, strung together a bunch of wins and then lost to the Bengals to that, uh, to lose the one seed. And, you know, so throughout the, the first or throughout the regular season there, we had, you know, several ups and downs that our fans just overreacted to. And, you know, ultimately we made it to the AFC championship game. And I think that should be a learning lesson for all of us that not everything is as it seems in the time. And it's important to just take a deep breath and allow the professionals to do their job. The Chiefs came out fix the things that they needed to fix during the regular seasons. Ultimately in the AFC championship game, it came back to bite him in the butt. It seemed like Mahomes, you know, kind of regressed back into what the issues that he was having earlier in the year. Hopefully they get that fixed moving forward. And I I believe that is something they they'll get fixed moving forward. But ultimately I think the thing that we need to learn from this season is that it's important to just kind of keep a level head and let the season out. It's a long football season and, only one team wins it in the end and 
you know, as much as we'd love for the Chiefs to win it every single year, that's not realistic. And while that's certainly going to be our expectation every single season is going out and winning a Super Bowl, we have to have the same realistic um, mindset that that's highly unlikely to happen. So just for me, at least, if I keep my expectations at the right level, um, but just have it in the back of my head that even though those are my expectations, they're probably pretty unlikely. It saves me a lot of disappointment throughout the season. You know what I'm saying? And I know everybody has is a different type of fan, but that's how I approach it. And I think this season will be better for this team in the long run than not. You know, we had that devastating loss against the Patriots in 2018 in overtime, you know, in the AFC championship game. This year we had the same type of situation, the overtime loss in the AFC championship game. In 2019, we went on to win the Super Bowl. So in 2022, I'm expecting a Super Bowl win. Yeah, I love it. Um, like you said, <clears throat> the sky was falling after seven games this year, and you get blown out in Tennessee, and everyone's the talking heads in the media are saying the Chiefs are done, defense is terrible, Mahomes can't figure out defenses, he's been figured out. Some of our fans, I mean, multiple of our fans, thought Andy was losing it, thought Andy might – there was literally people tweeting that Andy should step down after three and four, and we were in last place in the AFC West. Everyone was letting us know about that, and then they end up getting to the AFC Championship, had a great win against the Bills in the divisional round, and gets to the AFC Championship, you're up 21-3. So, like, you're that close to going to a Super Bowl after the meltdowns, after being three and four, and – I mean, the meltdown after the Bengals, I was melting down because I was worried about the one seed, but you melt down and then it doesn't even matter because you end up basically having home field throughout the playoffs. You host the AFC championship game for the four straight years. So it's like, I don't know. Sometimes our fans need to relax and let these dudes handle it because this group of players is insanely special. And Andy Reid's one of the most winningest coaches ever. And so it's like just – I guess calm down basically is what I'm saying. Like so many overreactions with this fan base. So I don't know. Like I said, we were that close to going to the Super Bowl. So some people said it feels like a, I don't know, it feels like a failure this year, but it's like, it's so damn tough to win football games. Like 60 minutes, four quarters, teams fighting to go to the Super Bowl. And we just didn't make the plays that we usually make. Like you first and goal at the one. You get zero points and then you have first and goal at the five, a touchdown probably wins it and you don't you don't get in the end zone. So it's like those are the plays we usually make. I feel like we score points on both of those occasions most of the time and just didn't make those plays. And since he ended up beating us, obviously. So still a great year. Um, and they're gonna be around for a long time. Yeah, and I mean, just for the record, anytime that you don't win the Super Bowl. Right. The season is technically considered a failure unless you're a rebuilding team. So for this particular team, the Chiefs, led by Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, anytime they don't the Super Bowl at the end of the season, the season's going to be a failure. Uh, that's, that's just kind of how it works. That's the goal. And I think that's really the expectation, like, like we've discussed. That's the expectation is that this team is going to go win a Super Bowl every year. Um, realistic. You know, that's that's just the mentality that this team has. And, I mean, Mahomes is probably going to come out and say that they're going to go 20-0 and 0 next year, and that's what he should do. I mean, 
that's the expectation that you've got to have and you've got to hold yourself to that type of standard. Um, but I think it was, like I said, it was a great season. Um, lots of ups and downs, lots of learning experiences for fans and for the team. No moral victories, though. I'm not, I'm not campaigning for moral victories or anything like that. Um, but I think, I think there are going to be some good things that came out of this season uh, as, as far as, you know, roster wise, I think that they're going to make some important decisions this year and which we'll get into in the coming weeks. But um, I think that this is going to be a big year for, for Veach. I think it's going to be a big year for Mahomes development and, you know, every, every quarterback has great quarterback has a situation like this and Mahomes is typically at his best when he's doubted. So I'd like to just keep it that way and, you know, hit teams where they least expect it next season. Absolutely. Um, yeah, like I said, they'll be back. Roster's loaded. Got one of the I, – I mean, he's the best QB in the league. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back. And I guess um, I don't really have much else for this episode. I feel like we covered the whole game and basically recapped the year. So, upcoming yep. episodes I'm sure we'll do – I mean, free agency is super close. We can talk about probably guys that might come back, guys we might get rid of, guys we would want to come in and talk about draft prospects too. So, yeah, that's probably it for this episode, um, unless you have anything else. No, that's, that sounds good to me. Um, I mean, that's this is my favorite time of year, gearing up for free agency and the draft. I love it. Um, hopefully – Hopefully we'll be in Kansas City next year watching the draft. That would be awesome. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see, you know, how the how we move forward with the podcast and everything. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, and you know, we're always open to advice and questions. So if you want us to cover something in particular on the podcast in the coming weeks, feel free to DM either of us or the Keeping Up with the Kingdom account. So. Um, anyway, I appreciate you guys listening. I'll uh, hand it off to to be turned for uh, to close us out. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's a good way to end it. Um, that's uh, yeah, that's it for this episode, and we'll have uh, we'll have some free agency and draft uh, content for you guys coming soon. So thank you for thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys, appreciate it. Who it is with the tenth pick. In the 2017 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Patrick Mahomes, the second quarterback. It is Patrick Mahomes, the second, not to Sean Watson. That was the apple of the Reed Dorsey eye in Kansas City. That's the quarterback of the future that they're putting the eggs in the Mahomes basket yes, sir. in the heartland for the Chiefs. Wow.